We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. Welcome to Pod Maverick, and this is our After Dark episode. Tonight, you are joined by me. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs Moneyball, and tonight, it's uh, Matthew Phillips, one of our steady contributors. Matt, how are you? I would have been better without watching that game. Yeah, so um, the Dallas Mavericks season might have just ended, uh, not to not to put too fine a point on it. They fell to the Charlotte Hornets, who were playing essentially their B team on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, one of the final Dallas Mavericks home games. And the Mavericks uh, had just about every one of consequence minus Tim Hardaway, and they fell 117 to 109 in just a truly, um, it's a a really, truly upsetting performance. I mean, I, it's funny. I, I think I spend so much time being mad about stuff that everybody tells me I shouldn't get mad at that when they lose a game like this, that's like truly horrifying. I'm not even that mad. And I'm just really grossly disappointed. So, so what would you like to talk about first? Because I'm not even sure how I would describe that game. Like, like uh, the first, I got, I got a couple things. One, yeah. they're now, they're now shockingly, one and eight this season in games Tim Hardaway Jr. doesn't play so uh put him right up there with Jokic and Embiid and Giannis for MVP apparently but uh the other thing with that we talk a lot early in the season when things aren't going right you know and the Mavs they use it as an excuse they talk about you know scheduled losses scheduled loss you know this team's on the second night of a back-to-back we're on the second nobody can win those games you know they had to travel they had to do this we've had injuries we've had this yada 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 this was a scheduled win this was as much of a scheduled win as it is possible to have, and they just didn't. And I mean, honestly, the thing the Mavericks just aren't that good. Like I, I hate to say, it, like I'm a Mavericks fan. I will be a Mavericks fan no matter what. I'm gonna watch all of the last eight games. Like I've seen some people talk about, hey, we're free to go away. Like I'm gonna watch all of them. Uh, I'm probably gonna whine about the refs in some of them. I will say in this game, I heard this was the most openly I've heard the Mavs broadcast complain about the refs, and which I don't understand. The Mavericks it, were on the like I watched the Hornets broadcast because I wanted to hear the excitement, and the Mavericks were the beneficiaries of some insane shit tonight. Yeah, the Luca block being overturned. So I, I it's textbook. Slack, it is textbook, but it's also like how is that not a foul? When you hit someone in the face with an elbow, that is a foul at every level of basketball. <laughs> like, if that had happened to Luca, we would have stormed the American Airlines Center. 
Yes, and I would have been leading it. I, I would have been, you know, <laughs> the guy, I mean, I would have been going on a Twitter crusade arguing with people about how the league got it wrong when they upheld the decision. But aside from that, like just in general, this I, I am generally the king of the hey, you know, let's blame the refs. Let's do this. Let's do this. Sure. The fact of the matter is, it's the Charlotte Hornets without two starters on the second night of a back to back that haven't won a game in forever. Just win. Like I don't I don't you you don't have to, you shouldn't have to be on fire to win that game. You shouldn't have to be everything else. And the biggest thing to me to take away from this game is we talked to you know, a lot of people were talking about how Charlotte was getting whatever they wanted. Charlotte was 32 of 61 from two in this game. Dallas was 32 of 48. That's you're making two thirds of your twos. Take more twos. I know everybody loves to say three is more than two and all of that, but Charlotte can't defend the rim as good as Mark Williams is. And long as he is not there yet. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not there and and he can't rotate and Luca and Kyrie could beat them at will. And it's just, they just, Charlotte kept going to the rim and Dallas, kept going to the rim and then kicking it out for three. And they were open enough threes. They just, the, the nature of relying on such a high variant shot is that there are going to be nights where it's not there. And Charlotte is one of the teams that you have to be able to beat when it's not there. I, mean, I, I It's I, so I, difficult to talk about this game because right now, as I see it, the Mavericks have three, three overarching problems. The first and, and the one that's the most important is that on a game-to-game basis, Luka Doncic's focus on the defensive end and his willingness to bark at everyone has gotten pretty out of control. The reason I put that one as number one is because Luka's the best player and everything gets dictated from there. It really, like, a, a lot of people don't want to hear that because they think it's a criticism of Luka as the player no, this is a criticism of Luca as a leader. It's a different thing. The second thing is the team building. The team building that the, the Mavericks have, we criticized it last summer. Our entire staff was right, even though we were belittled and, and criticized for these sorts of takes. It's not really hard. Sorry, JaVale McGee is not a good basketball player. And I go back to the legions of people who thought he would help. You don't know ball. Sorry, the end. The last and probably least important of their three major problems is the one that's unfortunately the easiest to fix. And that's head coach Jason Kidd, who seems to be unable to inspire his team or coach his team. Uh, I don't particularly care for an on the record, like uh, Callie Kaplan got some guys on the record about how much they like Jason Kidd. Like, I'm sorry, you put a microphone in front of my face and it's going to go in the newspaper. I'm going to tell everyone that I think my boss is good too. Like this is, you know, even though I do think kids probably been a pretty good developmental coach, he's just the easiest of these three problems to fix because right now nobody can convince Luca, even though Luca actually played some pretty good defense in the second half, but guys, you can't get down 20 points to the Hornets. Like this is, this is one of these games where, where it should break the, it should be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, but the Mavericks have such a soft schedule over these next eight games. Like I still think they could make it. But the thing is, like, when you look at what's a win that you can count on with this current Mavericks team? Because we've hit rock bottom and just kept going. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's been so many, this is going to be the worst loss. Like, we had the Oklahoma City loss, and that was the worst loss in 15 years, and yada, yada, yada. Which Oklahoma City ended up being good, so that's not as bad looking back, although game situation-wise it was terrible. But, I mean, you look at it, and it's like, okay, well, we have a soft schedule coming up. And I don't know why I'm saying we, because I obviously don't play for the Mavericks. The Mavericks have a soft schedule coming up. But 
I mean, this was part of a soft schedule. This was as soft as it gets, and they just they just couldn't take advantage. On, on your points you made, one, I, Luka did play good defense after they got down and took the timeout or whatever for a little while. I mean, he played his version of good defense. Like, it was, it was solid defense. Like, he was fun. That is the defense I want him to play most of the time from about the middle of the second quarter. Whenever yeah, he played better. After that, mm-hmm. Until then. The problem is, it can't be after you get down 20, and it started early. I am usually not the one. Josh brings this up all the time, even more so in the Slack than he does and everything else. There was a play early where Luca. I honestly don't think he got fouled, and I always think he got fouled, where Luca goes, stays back in the backcourt arguing with the refs. Charlotte, who pushes the ball all the time, pushes the ball. Gordon Hayward drives by, gets open, leads to a wide-open three for someone. I want to say it was P.J. Washington, like a corner three with no one within 20 feet of him. He makes it. There's timeout after that and everything. And it's just, you can't have stuff like that happen. As great as Luca is, and I am still, I think Luca's the best offensive engine in, in hey, the world. Hey, you wrote this today. Yeah. He is, Luca is not in the discussion for the best player in the world right now. Like the best, like he's not in that discussion. And I, it, I feel kind of, I feel not kind of, I feel very sad saying that. But, he, he's just not. I mean, like, if you talk about all, overall as a basketball player, Giannis is just a more valuable basketball player right now. Well, it's, Luca has learned that he can, you know, I've heard rumors that he smokes. I cannot confirm this. He, we have seen his weight fluctuate and we have seen how he, like, he has learned that he can be a top five player in the world, do it, living how he lives and playing how he plays. The only way he is going to change is if he decides to change the end. No one else can get in his ear. The Mavericks wasted a year once again, not having anyone on the roster that could even remotely tell him to calm the fuck down. And it it got out of control. I went back and looked at a lot of tape today. He was actually on really good behavior up until about mid-January. That seven-game win streak was he was exhausted, but then they started losing games. Because like if the, the record in the new year for the Mavericks is something like nine games below 500. That's how bad they've been. Just just going January first forward, and so he's slowly lost lost his 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 composure, and I, it's not something you get back overnight. Yeah, and there's the, I think it's just he got worn out. I think he got mentally exhausted doing sure. so much, and that actually leads me to another point. So if you look at the starting lineup, the Mavs tried yet another starting lineup today where they had Luca, Kyrie, Reggie Bullock, uh, or Bullock as we are this week, mm-hmm. um, Maxi Kleba, and and Dwight Powell that it's it's stunning to say this and I mentioned this before the game that lineup might not have enough ball handling which is <laughs> a stunning thing to say in a lineup with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving that is the worst ball handling front court that might have started an NBA game in 25 years sure and that's like sounds, Dwight Powell might be the only one of those three that can actually dribble like that sounds yeah. like just ridiculous hyperbole but then if you look at it and and Reggie Bullock actually had a really nice uh, penetrating kick to Frank Nilekina that ended up, you know, Frank missed it. And Frank actually played well today. But it's just in general, those, those guys can't – it's – the ball dies when it gets to them because it's either shoot or give it back and let Luke – which is fine. Luke and Kyrie are amazing. But you need more people that can do stuff. And I, this is this is where I think we have to transition to the other part of this conversation, which is as bad as this is – and as annoying as this is, the 
this might actually be the best case scenario for the Mavericks. I, I've been pushing this quietly to friends and family for a little bit. Like preparing them? Yeah. The, well, there's also, I, I think the best case scenario for the Mavericks, and that you'll never convince Luca of this, and he's pro, and I'm almost certain he's good enough to prevent it. The best case scenario for the Mavericks is to not make the playoffs and be in the top 10 and get to keep their pick. Like, I, I know the tanking discussion and I, I, I mean, this is not tanking. That's, oh, that's no, no, a different no, I, part. I, I, like, like people talk about tanking. The Mavericks just suck. Yeah, that, that is it. But getting there because there really is uh Josh Bo wrote a really, really good piece a couple of weeks ago that, you know, this is the path to the Mavericks being good is clearer than it's ever been. And I know a lot of people talk about that Kyrie is going to leave if they don't win and everything. And to be perfectly I mean, honest, I, I think predicting Kyrie at this point is pointless. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm well. One, I'm horrified at the idea of giving him a max contract. But two, the other problem is, I mean, I, I don't think he can go anywhere. If the Mavs are willing to pay him, I don't think he can go anywhere else. I think he's kind of in a box, which is a dangerous thing to say about Kyrie. But yeah, just none of the options that people have talked about sure. are really options unless Dallas chooses to facilitate it. And I don't see Cuban doing that. The other thing with this is, but they really are. If they get a top ten pick. They then have lots of options whether they use that pick on a young on another young big wing, um, whether they Give pair it with Jake Black. Hart. Sorry, I mean there's just there's so many things that you can do. Like that path becomes even clearer if they don't make the playoffs because Luca is a proven is a proven playoff performer. Whatever, which I'm also going to say this. Um, there are several people that have talked about you know if they get in the playoffs, the West is so bad they could get hot. Quit, quit fooling yourself. The I mean, they could, they could, at this point, I see them like they're, they're not going to be in the top six. Like that's almost impossible at this point, though it could still happen. Yeah. We're talking play in. So from them getting to the play in, I could see them making, you know, it, it becomes I could see the, them like, making the real playoffs. Yeah. Like, like playoffs. we're talking like win in the play in and then irritate somebody in the first round when two maybe games flame out we're, in seven games. Like they just don't yeah, have the horses. Yeah. They're not this team. Like you're not. Because the problem is, is that people, I don't think people understand. If the Mavericks were a bad defense, then they would have a chance. Mm. The Mavericks are a historically bad defense. Yeah. And that is not an insignificant differentiator. And that, that's the thing that was the issue today with me when they were going through and talking about it's like, well, you know, uh, Mark Williams had his hand on the ball once on the rim. You know, you gotta, I'm just like, it's, yeah, that's fine. They, they finished there and, you know, maybe the rest could have stopped that. But, what what about the other thirty layups they made? What what are we doing with those? The Mavs aren't going to stop anybody good, and nope. because of that, they just they can't shoot fifty five sixty. Even the shooting variance is not enough to overcome this defense. It's just so not. it's, and because of that, I, I'm I'm here for them to not make the playoffs and get a good pick and go from there. Like I'm I'm really I'm happy for it, and I hope that that is where we end up. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I feel on this because, like, I have, like, personal incentive for the Mavericks to be good because Josh and I are going through a transition. We're trying to, to like, kickstart a new show, and winning is the cure-all for so many things. But I, I think that's that's probably right. I mean, the Mavericks shot 50% from the floor and got whooped. I mean, it is pretty funny that, I mean, they out, like, like for, for once in their lives, they had more points in the paint than another team they they didn't get crushed on rebounds and then they still lost like it's pretty amazing that they lost to dennis smith jr uh who really just just to take a second that is 
what I saw from Dennis Smith tonight was more than I could have ever hoped for from him as a Dallas Maverick. Like, there's been a lot of weird talk the past two weeks about how, like, oh, well, he's Jaden Hardy. Like, I'm sorry, like Jaden Hardy can, if he passes like Dennis, we're at we have an unbelievably special player. Dennis's main attribute was passing. He was a good. He had good court vision. You know, he had a little bit of trouble finishing, but and he wasn't a great shooter. But he was a playmaker. He just, it, 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 I don't know. Dennis had some faults that he really seems to have. Like he, He's a bench guard in the league. I'm really happy for him. He looked great defensively. He pissed off Luca many times. I just, I just wanted to, to give him his, his, his props because it was, it was really something to watch. I've seen him a few times this year, but you know, being on the other end of it was really something. Yeah. I'm actually super happy for Dennis. Um, I, I, and as I mentioned earlier, a fan first and foremost, and I'll always be a fan of the Mavericks, no matter what happens, no matter who goes where, you know, whatnot. But I'm also I've become fans of the players. Like I love, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into somebody else, but there anybody that's been here recently that's, or honestly, in the last thirty years, I am still a big fan of them. I still root for the best of them. Everybody but Ray John Rondo. That's the <laughs> only person in the last thirty years that I do not root for. Uh, that man can just do the worst. Um, but uh, he is. Like Dennis is, he's really, he's growing up and becoming who he should be. I mean, he's one of the most athletic point guards in the history of basketball, which he's learning to cha- to channel it. He's, yeah, he he's, just doesn't have the measurables. I mean, he's six one with a six one wingspan, and what he did tonight in a lot of circumstances that I found interesting was use strength, which he did not have his first two years as a Maverick, and that just comes from growing up. Like that's where it's like if ever you know the reason I'm 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 cautiously bullish about Jaden Hardy is because he has a really wonderful athletic frame. He's going to be a guy who you look at his rookie pictures in three years and be like, man, that dude put on muscle. Uh, and, 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 you know, I don't want to talk about Dennis too, too much because obviously Mavs game, but that does give me like an easy transition to Hardy. And, and I do think it's worth noting that if Hardy doesn't play like he played tonight, the Mavericks get the shit kicked out of them way earlier. Absolutely. And Hardy, you know, the thing about Hardy is Hardy's a lot of fun. I mean, what what you don't have to write the whole book on Hardy as to where what he can be. And that's what makes him different than a lot of Mavericks in recent years is, you know, other than Luca and Brunson, you know, we had that one draft. But other than that, you know, the Mavs haven't had a lot of guys to really dream on to be excited, like, hey, this guy could be, you know, if you if you if someone said I honestly think if they did a redraft right now, Jaden Hardy would go in the lottery. Like if you re- if you redraft probably the last true. Year, yeah. I mean, there's Jayden a reason he, he was ranked that high. He just and it's it's he's an he's a because he has dominated the G League that he struggled struggled with last year. Uh-huh. Like he's he's had the 50, 40, 90 stats in the G League and everything like that. And he just you can tell he's a hooper. Like it's mm-hmm. it's weird to say that because the Mavs have been the most anti hooper team in the league for a long time, and now they're between him and Kyrie and so on. They're they're like becoming an actual hooper team. Um, they're not a very successful hooper team right now, but they're moving towards that. And he like he can be a really really important part of the Mavs future, whether that's as an actual player here because they're gonna need another. Contrary to what some people seem to think, they still need other guards, even if you have Luca and Kyrie. But or if he's a trade, if he's a valuable trade piece, that's also that has a lot of value because that's that's where the Mavs made mistakes for so long is that they had they drafted people that nobody else wanted. Right. Like after they got done, it was just like oh, well, drafting is difficult. But the Mavericks also like, like we just know this now. You put together that piece, um, yeah, that the Mavericks the Don- in two thousand like Cuban might have been out on the draft for a real long time, and 
Cuban yeah. still dictates a lot of Maverick policy. He just does. And if he doesn't care about the draft, then why? Then the Mavericks aren't going to be good at drafting. It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, which is why you know, like the Mavericks have basically said they've said on the record that if Hardy was there at twenty seven and they had kept their pick, they would have drafted Hardy, which is a defensible thing to say in hindsight. So it's yeah. it's just it's nice watching Hardy. I I'm still really cautious. I don't want to say he stinks. I don't want to say he's great because I have trouble with small guards. I I just yeah. you, you only. You know, Brunson is I, – I, that's why I didn't want to offer Brunson the max. You know, I had no say in it, obviously, but it, it just he's becomes fun, a thing though. where – That's, that's yeah. the thing with Hardy is he's fun. Yeah. And that's what the Mavericks have had just a stunning lack of, especially this season, is he's fun. And I, honestly, I think that's where they miss Brunson as much as anything is that they miss – like, Brunson was fun. <laughs> that team loved to make fun of him. You, if you follow him on Twitter, you see how much he still messes with all the Villanova guys – you heard last year all the stuff about people made fun of him. And, sure. and I think um, like they made fun of him for having a big head, like all of that. Y- you need to be able to poke fun at each other and still like be okay with it for to have a healthy situation like that. And I kind of, I mean, I'm, I, the last thing I want to do is pretend like I have information that I don't, I have not been in the Mavs locker room. I do not know anybody on the Mavs. I have no inside information sure. whatsoever. So no one think that I am trying to pretend like I do. Oh, yeah, no one but, on our staff does. That's why yeah. they're our staff. But to me, it's from the outside looking in, I really feel like the Mavs missed some of that camaraderie and stuff from, from years. And I, I think a lot of that is gone with Brunson. But I think Hardy brings a lot. He brings – he's youthful. And he's too – sometimes, you know, they talk about you're too young to know what you don't know. And I think that applies to him. Like, I think that especially applied to him late today because he was really the only guy that was out there really still playing. I mean, Luca was obviously scoring, but Luca was in his I'm very angry while scoring mode. Like he mm. was like the little the little floater he shot from the free throw line after he split a double team and then was upset that he didn't get fouled, which is like you fouled. didn't get fouled, Bob. Sorry. Yeah. And even if he had gotten fouled, it would have been before the shot. It was he took yeah. two steps afterwards. Um, so it like all of that he was just in his little temper tantrum mode but hardy was the only one out there that looked like he was playing a game that was having fun yeah and i i think the team misses that like because everything that the mavs do is a grind yeah that's that's one of the but i think that's primarily because they can't get stops it it's really if you got a single stop ever it would probably feel a little better but because there's so much pressure on their scoring it's not fun I mean, the game looks so labored and a game with Luka Doncic should never be labored. I mean, I was reading through, um, I was reading through an off season prognostication from um, somebody who was it, but it was talking about how all oh, the Mavericks big rotation is already better than it was last year. And it's just like, I have no real problem with wood. Would I think offer some solutions that they need? But each one of the Mavericks bigs is so deficient in one area or another that they can't find consistent solutions night in and out. And that causes so many of these downhill problems. I mean, you said this in the Slack, and I think this is key too. We talk about the bigs a lot, but did you see how badly Dennis Smith cooked Reggie Bullock off the dribble tonight? I mean, it's not just Reggie. It's it's all, the, of all of them. It's every one of them. They like, can't guard anybody on the perimeter. They can't stay in front of anyone. I mean, um, it's weird because Bullock actually had a really, really good defensive game against Golden State. It was his best defensive game yes, of the year. Yes, he did. But what the problem is, the Mavs are athletically deficient. 
Like that that's the problem. Because if you look at Bullock, Bullock's a good defender. Like Bullock is a, is a, he's struggled. He's I think the minutes from last year's playoffs have caught up with him a little bit. He's I mean, that's been there. the case the whole year. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, that's what I mean. But I mean, like he's still he's fine defensively. Even if you want to like even if he slipped, he slipped from good to fine. But if you look at him like if you look at Reggie Bullock, you don't think like super athletic NBA small forward. Like he's not Jonathan Kaminga or anything like that. Um, like the Mavs, the only guy that you would really look at in their early in their lineups that you would in their perimeter lineups that you would say, "Hey, that guy's a plus athlete for his position." Is Josh Green, and I'm sorry, Derek Harper, he is not one of the best athletes in the league. He's he's a really he's good the best athlete. athlete on the Mavericks, but that's not really yeah. <laughs> yeah like he's a good a athlete. high standard. Like, like he's athletic. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not in any way questioning his athleticism. Like the guy I've compared him to physically for a long time is Andre Iguodala. And not that they're equivalent as players or anything like that, but just the similar body types. And Iguodala was obviously an incredible athlete, but he's not. Like I said, like if you watch, we watched Golden State play recently. Obviously, Kaminga is an elite tier athlete. Green is not quite in that tier. Like he's a tier down. And then aside from that, the Mavs are just they're deficient in all of three things. They're deficient in athleticism. They're deficient in size, pure size, like actual height and girth. And they're deficient in length. And you can't be bad at all of those things. Like, you you have to at some point. And then the worst of it is even with all of those things, you can make up for it a little bit with effort and and efficiency and doing everything correctly. And they're bad at that, too. So defensively, they just they they have a lot of weaknesses defensively, but they don't have a strength to make up for it. Like last year, yes, Luca was was a struggle, um, but he gave more effort last year and everything. They had everything, but they had Bullock was better. Dorian was a stud defensively in the playoffs last year. Maxi was a stud defensively in the playoffs. Like you had strengths and you had length. And while they're certainly more talented after the trade, they're just like even if you go with what I believe is their best lineup, if you go Luca, Kyrie, uh, Green, Bullock, Kleber. That that lineup just it's not long, it's not athletic, and it's not big. Like it it's got a lot of physical issues. And yeah. I mean, like that's one of the things we have to come to terms with is that the Mavs have a lot of limitations that as much as you look at the the in back in the day, the stars when they used to have uh when they had Mike Madonna and Brett Hull, um one of the I think Razor called them the glitter twins, and he talked about Yuri Lettinen being the uh being like a co equal star even though he wasn't that way in terms of star power Kyrie and Luca can be the glitter twins as far as the Mavs but they need to find their NBA version of Yuri Lennon okay okay oh god well we talked about this game for longer than it deserves but you know what I I think there's a bit of a I don't want to say this is a death knell on the season but they are they have entered hospice um I am. I'm very comfortable saying it's a death. It's a death now. They might, it, they're not doing anything. They might make the play in and, you know, yeah. they might even win a game in the play and they are not doing it. The season for all, as far as having any hopes of anything actually happening is done. Yeah. Cause they pull, they play Charlotte and Indiana. Uh, those are both winnable. Then they play the Sixers who they needed 80 plus points from Kyrie and Luca to win that game by eight. Um, then they play Miami, who is on a tear because Jimmy Butler becomes Michael Jordan the last 15 games of the year. Hawks, Sacramento, Chicago, who is still fighting for something, and then San Antonio. Uh, the real key here, and this is an understated element, 
is the next five games are on the road where the Mavericks have not fared very well. Um, they are, let's see here. What are they total on the road? I just had this up and then I lost it. Um, they are 14 and 22 on the road. So they lose two out of every three, basically. No, is that right? Uh, it's, it's two out of every five. So they, they win two, lose three. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. So, so they, they basically, if history holds on this road trip, they'll go two and five, which would put them three games under 500. Um, they might not win 40 games this year. Yeah. Which is truly remarkable. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very disappointed. I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, I, I had, this is in my range of outcomes. Um, Josh Bo just got out of John Wick and says the Mavericks lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say the, uh, someone I saw on Twitter pointed this out. When the Mavericks drafted Luca, the Oklahoma City Thunder still had Russell Westbrook and Paul mm, George and all that good I stuff. I love this. Go with this. And, the, you know, they were that team and they were trying to go through whatever. They've traded all of them away, went through the Chris Paul era, the one-year Chris Paul era that where they made the playoffs and whatnot, then went through what felt like an eternal rebuild and are already ahead of the Mavs. <laughs> they have a better record than the Mavs this quickly, despite the Mavericks drafting Luka. This hmm. is it, – it, 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 it defies explanation how the Mavs have not been more successful – after doing just absolutely nailing one of the most incredible players ever as far as his age and all of that and it's just it, it's stunning to me it really is that's that's it is it's just it's hard to put into to words how quickly people have gone through stuff but that's also if you want to have hope for the Mavs there is a possibility that it's not that far away because they do have a lot of the building. Oh, dude, they've leave. never moved up in the lottery a single time. They're still paying they have 30 for years of karma. Cleveland Cavaliers in the 80s to the point to where the NBA had to create the Stepien rule. The Mavericks will never move up in the lottery in our lifetime. Sorry. They have 30, they have 30 years of karma. It's coming. Yeah, but then they have all the things the organization has done, which could be considered bad karma. Shout out to Pants DJ. And with yeah. that... I think it's time we close off the podcast. Matthew, as always, thank you for stepping up and pinch hitting. You're a, you're a great podcast, uh, regular contributor. Hope we hope to have you on more here. Maybe if they make the playoffs, we'll try to get you on tonight. You got anything else before we go? Uh, no, sir. Oh, uh, yes, actually, I do. I want to give a shout out to Abi Nahir on Twitter. Uh, Mark Cuban wore a question authority shirt. And he correctly pointed out that Mark Cuban is the authority as it comes to the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. billionaires like, should not wear question authority shirts. I just want to say that was a, it. Made it literally made me laugh out loud. And so I just want to give a shout out to him. That's all I got. I am approaching dorky old man age, so I can't make too much fun here. But like tucking a shirt into jeans without a belt that says question authority, there's there's just a lot going on there. All right, Kirk Henderson and Matthew Phillips, this has been Pod Mavericks After Dark. Thank you so much. Look for the live show to get posted on Saturday afternoon. We will be back at some point on Sunday. The Mavericks play at noon. It will be a daytime sadness game, which means our friends in Europe will get to see it. Uh, That's that. Thanks so much for hanging out. Everybody have a better weekend than we've started. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.